Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. It's V, the Guerrilla Economist, coming to you live in this edition of Rogue News in the Morning. I'm coming to you live from Australia. I have with me my friend, the Algo Cowboy. We also call him the Algo Person. And CJ, the producer extraordinaire, he is known as El Cuco. You follow us at Real Rogue News on Twitter and roguenews.com. We're everywhere you want us to be, mate, plus a bag of uh, Vegemite. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bag of Vegemite. <laughs> that's that's how I wake up every day. I, I go to my cabinet and I open up a, a whole jar of Vegemite and I put it on a nice loaf of bread and I, I'll make sure it's uh climate friendly bread because uh, everybody is uh, dropping dropping dead all suddenly due to climate change. So we really gotta you know toe that line. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. We are back. It's Thursday. Cowboy's with us. He is no longer Bogan the cowboy. cowboy. He's the Algo Cowboy. No, but well, right. Bogan Cowboy. So that accent, that Aussie accent I did, that's Bogan. So Bogan, yeah, Bogan. Bogan yeah, Bogan. No, it's, it's like very country. Oh. Country Aussie. Bogan. Right. Right. Uh, Siege. What's going on, man? Yo. Good morning, everyone. Up, Siege. Good hey, and, and just so full disclosure, I am behind in Discord requests. I'll get caught up on those today. I am the worst, but I have some people that title it second request. I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. Just be patient. Yeah. It's, like, it's, fun. it's like one of those power things when you have control of the keys, right? Like it's one you're of those sick. things. <laughs> you're, you're just sick. Let's test, their <laughs> patient. Let's test their patient. How patient are you? Really? Sadist. How bad you're, you're you want sadist. it to be? Oh my god! <laughs> do you want a baby? Oh, I'm coming so disturbing! Oh. Bust out the Vix. Let's go. Bust out the Vix. Vix or KY? Vix, man. Vix. Rob, dude. No, vapor. Oh, that's gonna hurt. Ben Gates like even bat. better. How about Tiger Bomb? Oh. Tiger Bomb, dude. When I was in track, I was a I was a sprinter and a hurdler. So what we used to tell. <laughs> We told the freshmen, it's like, if you want to run really fast, just put Tiger Bomb underneath your arms and your armpit. Oh, my God. And it God. doesn't hit right away. It doesn't right. hit right away. Like, they'll be, right. you know, especially the distance runners, 
uh, that, yeah, dude, all of a sudden they'll be about, you know, five minutes in or whatever it is. And they'll just, <laughs> they gotta, and then they'll run, they'll run fast. They'll run in circles. Not like Tiger Bomb. A, a Tiger Bomb is the next pre-workout siege. You know that? Tiger Bomb or Tiger Juice? Tiger Bomb. You know what? You know what Tiger Bomb? Oh. Is, right? It's like Ben Gay. Like those. Uh, it's it's those uh, uh, methyl type. You know, body rubs for like aches and pains. I don't need that. I just vape some vape some CBD before I hit the gym. And I'm good to go. CBD, man. No, what you got to do? Vape, you take the Tiger Bomb. Vape it in. Or, or Vicks or Ben Gay, and then you smear it all over your underwear. And then you wear your underwear, especially oh, on God. leg day when you're doing squats. <laughs> you will notice your squat strength and your ability to do squats will just literally just like you'll you'll be setting you'll be you know setting personal records at this point, bro. You know, see, nice. CBD slows you down, man. Nice. You need to be sped up. Actually, you know? uh, I Hobo put and Hobo, if you've got it handy, maybe post it. But Hobo put up a uh, uh, a link in one of the shows like last week or earlier this week talking about uh, CBD and testosterone levels. And oh, what did he say? The, it said that like if you take more than 100, I think it was milligrams worth a day of CBD, it begins to affect negatively. But if you keep it yeah. kind of under 30 milligrams a day, and again, I'm you know, go get read the link. I'm going from memory. Milligrams is like, hopefully the right measurement, but basically it actually helps to kind of keep a healthy T level. Um, now, mind you, I, I, what were you saying about like healthy T levels V like, what's a, what's a good healthy T level to be at? Like most people are where yeah. and where would, should we be? You and I, cause we're both the same age. We're both like 43. Um, we should be at like at least 900, you know, anywhere between 600 and 900 nanograms per deciliter of blood. Minimum I was average. over 900. I did a I did a saliva test, which is where you actually can measure free tea. And Damn I was you, over just rub it in my face, cowboy. Just rub it in my well, face. I, I can, I'll rub my saliva test in your face. Is that that's gay? Like, I'll do it. <laughs> so, I mean, kind of weird, but you know, that sucks. <laughs> well, my new name is Low TV. <laughs> what is it? That didn't come through. Low T. Low TV. <laughs> did you have your? Did, I mean, I had it measured like uh, like three years ago, and um, it was bad. It was like three hundred nanograms per deciliter of blood. It was pretty bad. Oh shit! Dude. So, yeah, well, no, dude. That's see, mine was high for an eighteen year old, and I I don't do PEDs. Eighteen year old. What the mine was about? a high. You... Mine was a high end for an eighteen year old. I'm like forty. You know, I'm my your age. <laughs> so and I don't do PEDs either. So well, that's because uh, you're the Sicilian scallion, bro. Yeah. Well, you know what? A lot of and again, we've talked about this, but there's a great book out there. It's called and I've talked about this recently, Astrogeneration hmm. by Dr. John G. J. Last name is spelled J-A-Y. And he's a conservative doctor. Um, by if you listen to the book, he's he has, you know, he's normal. Just put it that way. And uh, basically, he talks about all of the ways that our testosterone is affected by xenoestrogens, which come in several yeah. different categories. There's phytoestrogens. There's uh, straight up xeno like estrogens that come from like chemicals. Uh, of course, you know, phthalates. Uh, I think it says I don't know if I'm saying that properly. Phthalates, yeah. like you, 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 in chicken. There's a lot of phthalates in like inorganic chicken. Good. Yeah, yeah. We only eat organic chicken. Uh, 
and even clean chickens so hard to find. Um, but you know, phthalates basically are, are one of the biggest offenders. Um, another one is going to be like makeup, cologne, deodorants, things like that. Oh, not um, makeup, that's, man. Damn yeah, it. no more makeup. Your makeup tutorials, V. Fuck. That's why your tea went down. Is you and CJ doing the makeup tutorials? You got to cut that out Damn or get it. you know the the good makeup or or organic yeah. ones. Pinch your cheeks. Don't use rouge. Oh, that's what it is. Pinch your cheeks. Don't rouge. Yeah. Which cheeks? Uh? <laughs> All four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, oh, I need a hand with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I didn't see all four at the same well, time. Kind of weird. Well, okay, Sicilian scallion. So you got 900 nanograms per deciliter of blood. That's awesome. I gotta go. I got. I gotta do a test. I still have that testing package. Uh, your Mrs. The. You don't need a test. All you gotta do is, if you think about sex, you get hard. How much? It doesn't have to be that complicated, right? Yeah, it's I, like, if you still, if goal, you still have that, like, are you ready to get after it? That's the main question. Like, if no, you go to get after no. this limp, then you may have problems. It doesn't have that's to be that complicated, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it is it's complicated. Not, I don't. I want to be like how I looked when I was. Does in the my wind blow in the right direction? You get hard. Then hell yeah, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> uh, so, hey, you know if you if you take the test that my wife sent you, basically what that's going to do is it's not only going to tell you like your that basic information, but it's going to tell you cortisol levels. I mean, there, there's a lot. There's like maybe five or six different metrics on there. Um, and and here's the thing to understand is that uh, you know the sperm count's going down. We talked about this before. Uh, testosterone levels generation after generation are going down for decades and decades since we've been able to measure them. You know, who knows what they were before all that. Um, John Michael so, Karma found out my secret. You, you were chaps in a thong. You were actually, you, the problem is you were pleather chaps. That's where your phthalates yes. are coming from. Directly into your... your right, because it's more carbon neutral. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that. But uh, yeah, so you... you the whole the, that test is a good test to take. It's going to help you look at a lot of different metrics, and um, you know what is that's a saliva healthy... test, right? Saliva test, yeah. You want a saliva? Which test is more because... accurate, the blood of the blood or the saliva? Saliva from for yeah, saliva. For I believe saliva is yeah because there's something called free test, free testosterone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's you know that that's the best way to measure it. It's not as easy to do because you got to take it and then you got to put it in the fridge until you send it. And but it's nothing. I mean, dude, it's basic. You could do it. You have it done in a day. It's just spit into a bottle, like you know. Got it. Okay. A little tiny vial. You guys have me worried. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's <laughs> good test to do, man. You know, I mean, yeah. you got to get a baseline, right? Yeah, I, the dude. Uh, this year, I'm going after my health, hard body. You know, hard yeah, body we, karate. Yeah, man, hard body. With the tamale. Oh yeah, so it's yeah. The, Bitmat is, is calling it out. You know, endocrine disruptors are everywhere. So huge. That John G. J. book gives you kind of like three different <laughs> levels you can do to kind of deal with those. For example, um, I live in kind of the country, uh, a lot of farmland, and a lot of farmland. You know, they they spray, and so the and we're on well water. So basically, what we had to do is I actually had the water tested. I had and it cost me like over five grand to do the following. Um, mm -hmm. I had a two-stage filtration system set up to specifically deal with the um, contaminants in my specific yes. water. So I had it tested, sent to a custom guy. 
He built the first stage goes into the garage. It looks like a water softener. It is not a water softener. It's a no, no, I know what you got. You, you have an RO system, a two-stage No, RO no. System. What I'm talking right. about is a two-stage system. The RO is part of it, but the first stage is not. The first stage actually has filters specifically for those contaminants because if you let that go straight into your RO, you got to replace the RO every two years. Uh, so gotcha. the first system takes out the major stuff, and then you can shower in that, and you know you can use it for other things, but you don't drink that. So then the RO is under the sink. So the first stage clears out the big stuff. RO makes it super pure for drinking. That's how that works. Gotcha. All right, so, cool. and I, yeah, it cost me five grand and another grand to have it put in or whatever, you know, the plumber mm. cost. So, yeah, but you know what? I, I ain't going to, I'm not growing tits. So, <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> you know, I, and we moved all the way out here to get out of California because you have, okay, so. Um, oh, you don't want the, the, all the estrogen in the California water? That's it. So, and where does that come from? V, you seem to know. All the estrogen comes from the soy factories, and all the pretty much ninety nine point nine percent of California women who are on birth control peeing it into the water system. That's yep. what it is. That's what it is. So that's uh... that's why they're California dreaming. Oh yeah, Bitmat says to add in a water structuring device after the RO, and we have super water. We'll have to talk about that. That is now. true. Water structuring, yeah. structured water. Is an amazing thing, my friends. Amazing no, but that's thing. a good resource. He and I have, have some conversations. So, oh, very good. But uh, yeah, man. So, uh, you know, there was a, I saw in an email, CJ, you included that video from the FDIC. Did you include that because you wanted to play it or did it just happen? Well, to be I mean, there? we can, we can, we can play it, but by all means, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, disrupt from what content you had ready to go, but we can, we can add it in uh, whenever you think it fits into uh, whatever conversation. But yeah, let's go. All right. So I think, the first thing um, we need to talk about the Ukrainian military because they're actually starting to advance. And oh, I have yeah. some videos with regard to that. Oh, they have some amazing yes. advances. Yes. Um, the first advance is their, their new drone. You guys, it's really Ooh. something. Oh yeah. Hold on. I got a, I got a video of it. So let's bring this up and uh, share with system audio. I'm scared. No, this thing is crazy. Here it oh. goes. I gotta crane up my neck to get the play button here. How come it's not moving? Oh, <laughs> advanced! <laughs> wow! They just throw it uh, at the enemy soldiers. <laughs> that range is incredible. Did you see him grabbing the remote control? Look at look at this! Look at him grabbing the remote control. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Now, now we have their newest uh, seafaring plane. Ready for this? Yes, yes. This is their amphibious assault plane. Wait, hold on. I got to pause the other one. Sorry. Yeah, this is their amphibious assault plane landing. Here it goes. Oh! <laughs> oh, right in the Black Sea. Take that. Yeah, that's that's the that's how they do their thing. And also, there the, was another the, the, video. Yeah. Amphibious does mean you know land and sea. So they, they were actually testing their land variant right here. Oh. So here it is. Amazing. Yeah, you gotta watch out for the that you know, is Ukrainian pure Lockheed engineering, man. Right? Amazing. That's a that, Amazing. I'm like I'm concerned like for the for the Russians because I don't think they They're can doomed. really over Plus, the Russians are running out of ammo about the US hidden technology, okay? You guys oh, oh, just do like, not know just like we don't about know about hidden technology. You, no, it's true. That's uh -oh. true. It, Alien. It's gonna be released soon. Just wait for it. Is it yep. just we like have, the underground have... gold? Yes, it's just it like deep be. storage gold. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, guys. 
We don't have to worry about the multipolar world or uh, or the entire global economic reset. We have deep storage gold. Never mind is the it, fact that eggs are, eggs are the new Bitcoin now. Did it, is the deep storage gold right next to the deep storage hammers? It, yes. How did you know about this? <laughs> De Pape. He stores it all. <laughs> no, Paul Pelosi stores it all. That's all I have. <laughs> De Pape is the depositor of hey, listen. hammers. Pape, De Pape is not the hero we deserve, but he is the hero that we need. <laughs> yeah. okay? Like my, my, only my wife said, it's balls, like the man. only one with the balls was a guy, David DePape, who showed up in his underwear with a hammer to give Paul Pelosi a blowjob. That is... DePape. DePape, okay? DePape. But he showed up because he was getting paid, right? Yeah, well, you know... He's getting paid. That's the only reason he showed up. He's going to get paid. Yeah, and then what he did was he got... He magically used, like, a new tool to break the window so that the glass broke onto the outside. Yes. It... It's it's part of a reengineering of what happens when you combine well, you guys, the. Did you uh, see the movie Tenant? Where the, yeah, where the Tenet, bullets that's... come backwards. Yeah, so he used the same a uh, 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 time affecting uh, weapon. Where if you hit something, it goes in reverse. Makes sense. It's man. A great movie though. Great movie. If you can that's hear it, for if Nolan's you can like... hear Tenant, if you can hear the language, if you can hear the uh, audio of people talking and what the heck they're saying, yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, did, did they that mess up the mix? Dude, the, they had I, no I sound in for that movie. It was terrible. It, yeah, I That's didn't have an issue. I heard it fine. Well, well but it's, it's but, your low, it's your low T V. Your low T is messing up your ears. Thanks. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that. I don't. I don't want to, you know, uh, sidetrack. But yeah, I think uh, like the recent things in 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 Ukraine are uh, pretty eye-opening in terms of, of the progress that, that Russia is having. Uh, I, I guess there's speculation that uh, NATO and U.S., U.K. are having an urgent uh, meeting in regards to the most recent uh, events. And I can't remember what the name of the city um, that they were able to, Russia was recently able to basically encircle the entire, not entire, but well, a significant uh, amount of... Saladar. Saladar. Oh, Salt mine? Yeah. Something like, yes, yes, yes. They were able to insert, and, and there's a uh, the reason why that's so concerning was because apparently, um, through that, Zelensky ordered uh, one of the top train uh, Ukrainian ticket, if you will, top train, uh, to send more troops into that area. And so, there was a significant amount more troops that went into harm's way, knowing that there was no way to, to, to escape that. So yeah, so I think we're witnessing something uh, happening there that um, leads me to believe that um, either either Zelensky will be will be offed at some point because he, he served as their useful idiot because they propped him up so much. Um, but it'll be interesting to see whether we uh, commit to putting uh, U.S. troops. I know Harley Slinger put out a video today titled "EU NATO Formalized Pack Pack for World War." Um, so obviously there's some telling signs there as far as a, a potential escalation uh, involving NATO and, and against Russia directly. Well, watch what well, the U S is going to do. We're going to let the Europeans go in, but yeah, let's go get them Ruskies. And the EU troops are going to hit the ground and they're going to look to their shoulder to the left or the right. And they realize the Americans are not here. We're on our own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are. This is the savagest thing in the world. We look, there's no war we could fight, but a proxy war. 
and we're literally are we're literally destroying Europe. And 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 oh my God, this is what it is. Look, when you are running a beggar thy neighbor policy, which is currency devaluation, right? And you're running it this hard and this long, it's a race to the bottom. So what at this point of the game is every man for himself because there's no honor amongst these Western thieves. So the U.S. elites and private equity are like, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and push the Europeans into a conflict with Russia, which, I mean, Germany will be out of ammo in three days. The, the Brits, if they enter, they'll be out of ammo in about a week or so. And the French will just surrender on when they hear the first gunshot. Okay? Right. So the economic collapse in Europe is going to be a huge thing. It's going to be a boondoggle for the U.S., a lot of money is going to flee out of Europe. It's going to come to the U.S. It's going to prop up the dollar. This is part of the dollar's last end. And if, if, you know, if the dollar has to remain prominent, no questions asked, non-negotiable, then you know what? They're going to kill the euro. They're going to kill the pound. And that's exactly what's going to happen in Europe. Europe is done because it's being marched like a sacrificial lamb into the mouth of a bear. And, and yeah. the Americans are going to be laughing all the way to the bank. They will never. The Americans will talk a lot of rhetoric. They already got their asses kicked by goat herders in Afghanistan. Okay, and all it took, you know, Joe Biden, you need F-15s. No, all we need is horses and black pajamas and AK-47s. Okay, they already got their asses kicked in Afghanistan. There's, there's no way these guys are going to get on the ground against Russia. So they're going to march the Europeans directly into this. This is what this whole rhetoric is about. And this is what the markets are saying. So, Cowboy, this will, this, yeah, Cowboy, this will tie into what you're getting ready to play and not to sidetrack your show or anything. But I I think uh, in, in my guesstimate, I think is their attempt to collapse the EU uh, maybe to force them more onto a new economic system. And if you put enough pressure on the, the, the financial system that, that's there, you collapse it people will be more willing to accept and they're doing everything from energy. They're basically bringing them to their knees, kind of like COVID 2.0, uh, you know, whether it's food shortages, energy uh, shortages tied into the economic model. So then you say, Hey, there's no way moving forward. So we need to move forward with a new, new digital currency system that we're going to launch here in the EU. And so that, that's my thoughts, not to make them more dependent on the dollar. It's to collapse the existing system that's there and paving the way to, to the new, the new, the new model, the new system. So yeah, blood in the streets. That's when they make the most money. Yep. You know, they, right. they can't make anything new. All they can do is destroy and then try to sort of rebuild in their own image, but they don't have any creative abilities, whoever they are. Um, you know, that's just how bad people operate. They're not creative. They steal. But the blowback effect, the blowback is it, it ties what the video getting ready to play in terms of how does that harm people here in the United States and their concern in regards to uh, dollar, dollar back reserves, everything into the current banking system. So if you want to play the video, I think it's, it's a perfect tie in at this point. Yeah, I'll hit play now. So this is uh, basically OK. So the FDIC, what's that stand for? Federal Deposit Insurance something? Corporation um, or company, one of the two. Company, I think. Well, either way, what what the FDIC does is, um, <clears throat> I think up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars of your money at the bank is guaranteed in the case that the bank goes insolvent. Right? It used to be a hundred thousand. 
they increased to 250. That's the last I heard of it, which was years ago. So forgive me if my information is outdated, but that's what they do. So the FDIC is here. And basically what they're saying, and if you just look at the title of the tweet where this video is, is posted, they're talking about, and I'm quoting now, they're talking about financial crisis and their lack of faith in our banking system and how to keep the public from freaking out. And there it is right there, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. So I'm going to hit play now so we can hear what these toads are saying. It should be accessible when people need to know. But I don't think you have much hope of, of reaching a public that doesn't have a professional need to know. I, I completely agree with that. Going to pause that. Um, so what they're doing is they are differentiating between people who have a professional need to know and those who don't. Mind you, a lot of the public still has small businesses, those that were not eviscerated by the machinations of the pandemic. Now, those people who have small businesses, I would argue, have a professional need to know. But that's not how it's seen by the elites because a small business is not in the purview of their control and their control uh, system. And we could get into that after the rest of the video. I almost think you'd scare the public if you put this out. Like, why are they telling me this? Should I be concerned about my bank? Like, my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets. They just assume they're going to pay my claim, right? It's, it's, I, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do. <laughs> that <laughs> Hear him laughing. They know the there. The, the public has a lot more confidence than the people in this room do. <laughs> like, come on, they're laughing about the fact that that basically there's a potential for the average person's finances to be evis eviscerated and they're going to lead into a discussion around bail-ins which we're going to uh expand upon <clears throat> excuse me expand upon after this they know it works they put their money and they're gonna get their money out so there there's a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side and if they want to understand this they're going to find a way to understand this there's a bunch of law firms represented in this room there's a bunch of people who charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them and, and, and it's fine. I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. Okay, so think about it this way: like if you guys watched that movie, uh, Contagion, the virus movie that was the, yeah. that was probably the the predictive programming from last decade, um, yep. or it might have been the decade before. <laughs> so let me pause this. Sorry. So. And Vela said, you know, Vela said what I'm going to lead into here to Velas in the comments just said they hate small business because it empowers people not to be bullied out of fear of losing your job. How do they control people? Well, if you tweet the wrong thing, you lose your account or you lose your job. They're controlling people financially. You cannot control a small business person financially. This is why a guy like Gus is able to say everything that he likes to say because he owns his business and nobody's going to fire him. Correct. So they don't like that. That what they want is the world to be ran by a bunch of very large corporations who can exercise their authority over your speech via, um, you know, firing you if you don't say what they want you to say or if you say what they don't want you to say. So that's why, you know, that, that's how the people are separated. That's why small businesses eviscerated. And that's why 
small business is not considered to be amongst the quote unquote needs to know as per these muckety mucks up at the FDIC who like to smell their farts and touch themselves. So oh, yeah. basically, you know, let's look at the consequences of what these guys are saying. They're saying, and again, from that movie contagion, the comment was nobody can know until everybody knows. Now what? And I think that was, uh, uh, the guy who plays Morpheus, Lawrence Fishburne says that his character, great actor, love that guy. Mm-hmm. So, what is going on here is this is a financial contagion, and nobody can know until everybody knows, right? So these muckety mucks, they know, we know here because we're on kind of the bleeding edge of things. Uh, you know, we're, <laughs> it's amazing when I talk to normies what they know and what they don't know or what they think they know. But on top of that. If everybody found out how dire the situation was, according to these guys and what they're seeing, then everybody would pull their money out of the banks. Now, I pulled my money out of the banks a very long time ago. You know, I keep only enough of what I need to pay bills. You know, that that's that, right? But a lot of people, have, you know, business owners, I got a buddy who has a pretty good sized business and, you know, he has seven figures at least of operating capital in these bank accounts at all times. And I'm like, hey, what you might consider doing is, you know, if you can't take that out of the bank and again, talk to your accountant, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an investment advisor, but what you could do is separate, if you possibly can, is create a bunch of different accounts and then separate the funds and make sure that they don't exceed the FDIC minimum bailout amount, you know, that $250,000. So if you have $3 million in operating capital, that's 12 or 13 accounts. Now you might want to be careful because that might also look shady, but if you're if you're doing what you're supposed to do, you can you know withstand an audit. Again, do your own research on that. So again, it's if everybody finds out, there will be a bank run, and that's that's the concern that they have. Well, um, and I'd I, love to hear your guys' thoughts. V, go ahead, you first. Now you you go ahead first because I've commented on this before. Well, being being in the in the banking sector for for uh, a, f- a few years, total five years uh, with uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, there's people that still have a, a significant amount of confidence in in the banking system. And the best way to equate this is the equivalent of looking at people who felt comfortable ensuring and thinking that the uh, FDA and the uh, uh, health department had everyone's best interest. So the same confidence that people had in those institutions were the same people who lined up, right? And, and I'm not going to go into everyone knows where I'm going with this next step of getting in line for the, the thing that's taking place that everyone's. So people still have a lot of confidence in the banking sector right now because they, they don't know. They're, they're uninformed. All they are concerned about is that if they use their banking check debit card and their money pops out or their transaction is approved, that's the level of their concern. That's it. So, so they're gonna they're gonna continue to deceive the majority of people, not the people that listen to this stream. Now, I'm gonna take this a next step, and 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 I have no way to prove this. So I'm continue. I'm completely speculation. But my thoughts are, and because based upon like conversations that I've heard from uh, not only family members but also in 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 the gym. Uh, and my workout and people talking about like, I never used to hear people talk about cryptos five, five, 10 years ago. You could never walk in and hear casual conversations about, about cryptos and everything. I firmly believe that there's a, uh, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go the whole conspiracy thing. I can, I believe that there is a plan to disrupt, to uh, discredit everything about 
disruptive financial market systems uh, like cryptocurrency. And that's why we witness FTX. That's why we're witnessing all this collapse in the crypto space, because what that's going to do is that's going to force a conversation where people are saying, see, see what happens when when you don't trust the institutions. Look at all those people that lost all that money. My prediction is this, and I'll go on record. My prediction is this is the year that you will see nearly half of the entire cryptocurrency market collapse. It, it'll be wiped out. It'll, it'll be it'll be gone. All the all the coins, the tokens, and everything. This is the year that half of them go away, more than half, uh, because people will buy. They'll 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 leave it. They'll no longer feel any confidence because through regulation, through uh, FTX, through all these things, they're gonna do enough things. They're gonna they're gonna basically nullify any credibility because in a way, cryptocurrency kind of did it to itself because they, it went away from disrupting the model into making money off of something off of speculation off of everything so um so i think this is the year that we see a half of all cryptos and everything just completely wiped out they'll be gone not my dogecoin yeah your dogecoin means <sighs> not my shib <sighs> no <laughs> shib <laughs> Shiba Inu, dude. That's uh, you know, CJ. I'm with you on all that. I don't know if I'm with you on the timeline, but um, I do think that it, it has happened. Uh, I did see a really good. <clears throat> I saw a really good, like I think it was uh, Visual Capitalist that talked about which coins failed from what era. I know 2017 was a you know that's the era most of those coins that came out then, or just a lot of them are the ones that failed. In a in a big big way, the ICOs, the you know the era of Ian Bolina and Superman, and anybody who's been in crypto a while <laughs> knows who those two guys are. Um, but I do think it may not be this year, but the next time we see a big drawdown, because I think we're I think we are in the the winter of this current drawdown. I think we're yes. or the fall maybe. Um, you know, I think we're going to see a bottom out if we haven't seen it already. And then it's going to go up maybe for, there's, I don't know, not, one more not, not investment bottom. advice, by the way. Yeah. There's one Say more again? major, there's one more major bottom out coming in and, the, uh, in the near in term. Crypto. Yeah. In crypto, in the, near, one like more, in the next few months, uh, in the next 30 to 60 days. That sounds about it, right. Do you think yeah. it's going to be that the headlines will be something around FTX? It's going to be around uh, not FTX. DCG, DCG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, uh, that's yeah, DCG yeah. is down is downstream from FTX though. Well, here's the thing: DCG is sitting on a significant amount of capital, right? And, and DCG Group, look, I've been saying it from Jump Street. These guys, I'm going back to like 2017, 18. These guys are the Hydra, right? They have their tentacles and ev like if you have a crypto wallet, chances are it's connected to DCG. If you have um, uh, like these exchanges, like Kraken, Gemini, uh, Coinbase has uh, exposure to DCG. Um, my God, there's so many companies. I mean, the DCG group is massive, massive. So when, we, retirement when that plans, breaks, right? Even some retirement plans that are, have put money in into DCG, you know. Well, let's I mean, take a look. The traditional oh, DCG. Wait, do you think that DCG falls? <clears throat> excuse me, falls under the category of too big to fail? It could. No, there's, there's no bailout here, right? So uh, let me pull this up so I can show you guys what how happens DCG is. in simple in one phrase. What happens when a bailout 
can't fix the situation, what then happens? One Absorption. Bail in. In crypto, everybody's going to lose their shit, right? Because all these centralized, uh, these are the people are taking crypto, right? Which is supposed to be, and this is, and, and I, I firmly believe this, right? I firmly believe that the, the coming crypto implosion is going to be the best thing to ever happen to the crypto industry. Because what, see, when the crypto industry started, it was all a bunch of uh, rebels, all a bunch of rebels who said, you know what, F you guys, we don't need legacy finance, we don't need institutional capital, we are our own bank, we don't need any of you guys. And then what happened? You got a bunch of charlatans that came in, guys who were just fixated on price action, not utility, not, hey, how do we expand the technology and the use case and the utility of this token slash coin? We went away from that to what's the price action? What's the price? How, how much can it go so I can cash out this, that, and the other? And then what eventually occurred with ICOs and whatnot they started to chase legacy capital. So I show up in a, conf- in, in a consensus conference in Manhattan, and I'm like, yo, there's, why is there, <laughs> there's a few familiar faces. They see me. I see them. I'm like, uh, what are you guys doing here? And the guy's from Goldman. Another guy from JPN. What the hell are you guys doing here? And that's the dead giveaway that these guys were starting to moonlight with legacy finance. So all of a sudden, you know, venture capital, legacy finance, uh, finance and, and 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 Wall Street banks started getting very interested in crypto, not because they wanted to make it available for everybody. They hate competition, so they were imp- they were already moving to buy everything. And this is why I said there's a, it's an institutional game. Who are the hell are these institutions? These institutions, like you know who they are, the legacy finance guys, they were buying a great deal ton of crypto via proxy. Right, and, and all the crypto guys are like, yeah, we they went they went away from we don't need you, Wall Street. To yeah, Wall Street, we need you. We need you to fund us. We need you to back our projects. We need you to give us uh, 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 you know lines of credit. We need you to you know uh, help us to, to, you know with regulations. We need you to do everything for us, Wall Street. And Wall Street is like the wolf, you know, my you know is it, it, the wolf. Where and, and and the crypto market is like Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, what big teeth you have, Grandma. The better to eat you with, my dear. And that's exactly what is happening right now. So once this dust settles and all the scam bankman frauds are done away with and all the crypto jerk-offs and these idiots who don't know shit from Shinola are purged out of the crypto industry and these thousands upon thousands upon thousands of shit coins that do absolutely nothing, that has no use case scenario whatsoever, once that's all gone, the only thing left standing is Back to the core group of guys who are always been, fuck you, finance. Fuck you, Wall Street. Fuck you, government. We don't need you. We're going to do it our way. And now you're going to see real innovation happen. Because innovation in the crypto industry has stopped. It's petered off considerably. It's going to go back to that. How does it factor into um, How does that last concept factor into your opinion about Monero? Monero is only going to get stronger. It's only going to get stronger. Bitcoin is going to be here. Ethereum is going to be here. Monero is going to be here. There's going to be about 20-some-odd coins that are going to stand the test of time. And bet your bottom dollar. BTC is not going anywhere. BTC is going to be heading for new highs after this major. Look, 
I've I'm ready. I, I'm chomping at the bit for the next turn down. I want it to go to eight thousand, and that's what we're looking at. We're looking at eight thousand, you know, on the low. We're looking at at, at a ten to twelve range uh, as a more likely, and a, and, a, and a thirteen to fourteen range as most probable. Okay, so there's three there's three metrics that we're looking at, but I want it to go to eight k. I want it to go to eight k because it's not going to stay there for long. It's going to provide me an opportunity to go in and buy, 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 buy. And then sit back, watch the run-up. It's going to be a monster because there's nowhere else. See, legacy finance is going into crypto. Why is legacy finance taking out crypto? Why are they setting fire to the to the very things that they help build, like DCG Group, right? Why are they setting fire to DCG Group? Why are they setting fire to it, right? Because they're going to destroy these guys. They're going to get more control over it. Because they understand there's nowhere else for them to go. Because everything else in the market is screwed, right? The the physical economy is falling apart. And this fits into the model that we've been working on for, for, for years over here, which is, you know, in the last days of the U.S. Pax Americana empire, you're going to have sky-high equities, 40,000 point down. Oh, yeah. $100,000 Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. Five six thousand dollar an ounce gold. Oh yeah, three to five hundred dollars silver. Oh yeah, and it's the only way for the equity. They have nowhere to go but more equities, more stock prices, more pump, more bubble, more cheap money's coming. Everybody's talking about the Fed's going to be tightening, tightening, tightening the balls. They're going to be tightening the strings around the balls. They're going to start gelding the market. <laughs> oh, right? Let's let's go gelding way. the market. Let's go huh? way to the future, right? So, yeah. you know, and because you, you, I want to try to to tidy up what you just said, because I think the way you said it, look, a lot of people are not as financially literate as us, and I am not as financially literate as others. I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. But what I want to try to compress is what you just said. Essentially, we're going to see a run up in all the assets, <laughs> like virtually, Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be another compression. And that'll probably be when things are majorly uh, changed over as far as the, you know, like the dollar, maybe going to digital, you know, a lot of things will change after that. A lot of assets will no longer be quite as profitable. But my kind of theory, um, what comes to mind is, you know, if I were an evil person running things, or if I was just somebody running a system that exists, maybe I'm not even evil. Maybe it's just that's how things are. You know, let's not let's not put all elites into the uh, into the reptilian category, right? Mm-hmm. But let's just say that okay, what do we do now? Well, we need to find another way to run things back up again, and we run stuff. So I figure they're going to take whatever group of assets that still has any life into it, and they're going to derivatize it, and then they're going to have everybody play in the open casino while not actually owning any of those assets. Now you sound like that and, one that one chick. What was her name that said everything will be financialized that way? What was her name? Zhang Zhang or Zing? Leonard Zhang. Yep. Our favorite. Yeah, she's not always wrong. She just, I think her view is obsolete, but she's not always wrong. So if everything gets financialized, which is a great way to sum that up, what we have to do, and again, we are a podcast about solutions, right? Sure, it's great to complain about things and, you know, point out the hypocrisy needs to be done. You need to understand the disease to understand the cure. But now that we kind of have an idea of the disease, 
I think the cure is going to be something along the lines of which horses to choose when that flip over happens. And we can kind of segregate that by asset class. There's precious metals, there's cryptos, um, you know, real estate, as long as the laws haven't changed around the ownership of real estate, these are things that I would be looking at. And if I were an elite, I would look to somehow financialize them in an even bigger way than they're already financialized so that Joe Blow can get fleeced while I own the actual underlying asset. Oh, Public Sermon says hydrogen. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, step back for just, just a quick moment in terms of what that new model potentially evolves to. I think they're going to have a, they're going to have a, a significant amount of success when they leave the dollar base and they move to some type of a digital currency system. Cause basically it's, it's all digital digits and numbers anyway. Right. Like, you know, in terms of cash transactions, most people are using a debit card and everything. And there's two factors in my opinion that play into this as to why the federal reserve will be successful in moving to a, a digital type market where they will just, continue the fraud the manipulation that occurs and and one of them is is this statistic and that's because uh if you do a quick google search and looking upon the number of people now this is just looking strictly here in the united states but when you look at the massive dependency upon social security benefits if you look at the massive dependency upon social programs welfare wic snap all those things it's alarming it is truly alarming so so if I, I, I typed in, what's the government dependency? So about 59 million Americans received some type of government assistance through major welfare programs in 2019. This is 2019. Imagine what it is now post-COVID. This means that about 17.7% of Americans, people are using one or more programs like Social Security Income, SNAP, overall public welfare programs. You forward into how many Americans depend on Social Security. As of 2022, 66 million Americans receive Social Security benefits every month. As of October 22nd, the average Social Security benefit is 1550. It was a huge increase this year. I covered that a couple of shows. So what I'm getting to is that there are enough people because of post-COVID, post everything that we went into, who are basically, they can't make choices. They have to basically take what is going to be coming at them. There's no choices for them. So, so, for example, the government says, hey, by the way, your, your Social Security benefit is no longer in, in, the, uh, in, in the form of a, a deposit to your bank account. It's, it's this card that you have to use. And you have to use this card, and it's tied to a, a digital currency that we've created. There, it's, there's a significant amount of people who, who are tied into that. The second piece of what I'm going to tell you you have to think through is that the intrinsic value of anything is, is related to the demand. It's not related to the correlation to the dollar. So when you look at everything that's pegged to the dollar right now, gold, silver, cryptocurrency, everything, the intrinsic value of anything is based upon what someone's willing to trade or deal for it. That's yet to be determined. Whether it's gold or, or silver post-economic reset, these are going through the dark days and times when people are going to do that. So, so I don't think anything right now of any value has yet to be determined until where you live, what you're willing to trade has been determined yet. It, it, it's, it's all superficial. None of, none, none of it's real. It's all pegged to the dollar. So what does it mean? I, I have an idea there, but we haven't heard from, from V on, uh, on the future, you know, kind of concept you laid it out. And I do like your comment there about the amount of people and, <clears throat> and what I could maybe redefine as unfunded liabilities um, in our, 
in our pension system, in our uh, social program system. And yeah, you know, one big point there, of course, is that people who are financially dependent on such systems have no choice but to take what those systems give them. Um, so, you know, we could try to identify again, and that takes it back to my original question is what are the horses to bet on? Because by the time we find out what those horses are, it's too late. It's our job as, as traders and investors to try to identify those early. But, uh, you know, I'd love to hear um, from V on the whole subject of, you know, the future, what that looks like, things like that. Absolutely. I'm going to pull something up so you guys have a, a very good picture. And this is important. Nobody knew what DCG was for many years. Like, nobody really heard about it. 2017, I started talking about these guys and warning everybody about these guys. This is the portfolio of the companies that they own. Okay? I'm going to go down the list. Some of these companies are going to be very familiar to some of you. And you're going to be like, holy cow. I, some of you are going to be like, holy cow. I never knew they owned that. You ready? Here we go. Just look at this. And of course, my mouse freezes. There. Look at this. Look at Bit Oasis, BitPay, BitSo, BitWallet, Blockchain, Blockstack, Blockstream, Blockcore, Block, Bold, Boost, Brave. Okay. They, they, oh, yeah. Brave. The Brave. They own Brave. Wow. <laughs> they own a big share of it. Okay. BTCC, Buddha. Cambridge Blockchain, Carbon, Chain, Chain, ana chain Analysis, Change Tips, Circle. Circle. Okay, they're, big they're big investors in Circle along with, along with Goldman Sachs. Look, the, the people who are in, in, in charge of DCG, who are in the chairs of the board, or, 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 excuse me, chairs of the board, as well as having shares of the company, are all Wall Street. Okay. They implode this. This is a big asset grab. Watch how this works. Circle, Civic, Civic, Cobalt, Cognito, Coinbase, Coindesk, Coinflex, Coinhouse, Coinjar, Coinlist, Coinme, Coinmetrics, Coins, Coinsetter, Kulo, Crypto, Curve, Custos, Dapper, De Descent, Decentraland, Digital Assets Data, Duna Analytics, Earn, Elliptic, Ersk, er Etherscan, eToro, figure. Look at this. Look at this. That you you, <laughs> you want <laughs> FTX has nothing on this. Dude, I got scammed <clears throat> scammed on Civic. I'll tell you that story later though. Yeah. I got scammed on the ICO. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, out, that it's not that relevant to what we're talking yeah. about. Look at this. Shapeshift. Remember Shapeshift? I remember Shapeshift. Yeah, are they yeah. still around? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they went uh, Shapeshift. That was Voorhees' company. Um, they ended up they ended up uh, bowing down and and uh, towing the line. Yep. Look at this. Veeam. I, I, I did not create Veeam. Look at this. Zappo, Zabo, Zcash, Zerion, Zeppelin. Now, you guys have an idea what I'm talking about. <clears throat> We're looking... So how does this factor into like okay. the the landscape? This is as, as per the discussion. The, the um, everybody's talking tightening right now, and if you look at what the big banks are doing right now, they're not getting ready for tightening. That's they're right, getting baby ready. Contrarian. Exactly. They're getting ready for cheap money. 
the if if they if the feds actually tighten like really tighten right and really you know put down the screws on this and hike the interest rates even higher you're talking about an economic meltdown that they are not going to allow you got to understand we are stuck in a trajectory everything else is make believe and doesn't matter right we are stuck in a trajectory where we cannot escape zero interest rate policy for long. It has to go back to that. So this temporary thing where the Fed has been hiking the interest rates, you know, 25 basis points here, 25 basis points there to where it is currently, it's not a long-term measure. It's just to cool the markets down and repositioning the players. So the chessboard is becoming repositioned. They needed, and I said this for, for a long time, listen, there's a reason why there are so many institutional purchases of Bitcoin in particular and Ethereum in 2016, 2017, and 2018, and they kind of petered off in 2019 getting ready for the 2020 event Okay, that we all saw happen to the world. Now, all these players who are exposed- I might interject. Okay. I might interject that that 2020 event actually caused uh, crypto in a five-week span to go all the way down to its bottom again. Correct. Yep. Conveniently. But Conveniently. go ahead. I'm sorry. And and and, and all the time they were t- telling us that you know Bitcoin's a safe harbor. It's a, this this that and the other. It's kind of like digital gold. And then what happened? It took a shit. Went down to six thousand dollars per coin. And again, massive three thousand. It went down to yes, 3000 3, That's right. Went from 6000 to 3000 $3,150 to be precise. Yep. And massive buying started to happen again. Okay. And again, it was institutions giving up because Bitcoin is never destroyed. It's always transferring hands, just like real money. So what's going to happen? They're buying out the entire crypto industry, and they're locking it up, specifically on BTC and Ethereum and a few other coins. Okay. They're locking it up because... They don't want you to own BTC or any sort of crypto. They want to sell you a digital facsimile of it. They need to go to the next level of financial instruments that will be leveraged 10, 20, 30, and 40x leveraged out. They want the next level of derivatives out. And this is a huge market. Think about this, right? If we look at the game of of derivatives, and when you study derivatives and you study rehypothecation, Right. We know that in the United States, you could rehypothecate a client's account up to 140 X. OK, that is a fact. 140 uh, percent um, uh, uh, increase in rehypothecation from a client account. So that's a powerful thing. The same thing can will be applied to the crypto industry. Why do you think Gary Gensler just yesterday was giving a speech to the United States Army? And he was telling the United States Army that cryptos are security. They should all be securities. The SEC is on a hell-bent mission to call everything a security, right? And it's pretty funny also. Scam bankman fraud. Which government regulator was scam bankman fraud putting all his money into? It wasn't the SEC. It was? Was it the CFTC? Bingo. The CFTC, this is an, again, this is an internal war that is occurring between government regulators, the weaker, less funded CFTC versus the more powerful SEC. And what has occurred is that the big argument, I've always said this so many times, folks, 
The SEC says that crypto is a security. The CFTC says it's a commodity. And the IRS says it's a property. And all three of them cannot agree with each other. So now the SEC is taking a major hit because their boy, FTX, is down. So this is, they're all criminals. They're all crooks, right? The SEC has a financial advantage. Okay, it is advantageous financially because they're a bureaucracy, and it's, advantage, it's advantageous for them to go out and, and, and deem the entire crypto industry a security so that the SEC's budget can grow. SEC's budget grows, it gets bigger, it's more money into the SEC. That's something they want because it's a bureaucracy, and the purpose of the bureaucracy is to stay relevant and stay in power. So if you deem everything a security, why, 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 why security? So every single one of those coins could be taken away from the buyer or the buyer be dissuaded from purchasing the coin. Those sellers and vendors and brokers who are in the crypto industry will be priced out of it because they'll be required to carry licenses that they cannot simply afford and to, ca- and, and, and to follow compliance that simply they cannot afford to follow. They, they go priced out. And then if everything is a security, then only the Wall Street banks could sell it. So how do you proliferate the next round of this? Well, you know, crypto is hot. You know, the, 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 the metaverse is here. Web3, we have all these things going on. Uh, how about you can go ahead and you can buy XYZ crypto at your local consumer checkout and an Apple stock because it's just, just like gift cards. They're already, pilot, they're already thinking about doing this. They're, they're, it's already being worked on, trust me. You're going to go fill your gas. You're going to go into the grocery store. You're going to be checking out. And there it is. Oh, look, I can buy a crypto munis, uh, uh, I can buy a crypto ETF issued by JP Morgan, issued by Goldman Sachs. I don't have to risk my money in the volatile and dangerous crypto market. And besides, J, uh, you know, Goldman has audited Bitcoin and they'll hold it, okay? And they'll and I can trust buying their ETF product. And I and then when I exchange my digital currency or you know digital central bank issue digital currency or dollar whatever the hell we have at that point right whatever whenever I issue my money to buy these ETFs buy these investment products Goldman gets it and then what happens Goldman there's going to be a whole new market of crypto derivatives that will be a multi trillion dollar industry in and of itself okay in and of itself this is yes. a huge thing man. These companies are so useless. All they yes. do is make money on fee income. That's all it is. Yeah, they just they they want to be the guy in the toll booth. Yep. That's because they is. can. That's right. because they can. And but still, do you, I mean, are are you thinking that Bitcoin is going to be called a security? I think they've already ruled on that. No, they've already ruled. No. So, um, Bitcoin and Ethereum is not considered a security. Using the traditional, what do you think we're going to go with Ripple? But, well, watch this. Using the traditional Howey test, right? Because the SEC under the Trump administration said that the that Bitcoin and Ethereum is is sufficiently decentralized. Okay, that nobody ha- has it, nobody has the control. They, it's like the gold standard, this, that, and the other. Gensler wants to go against that. Gensler wants it so that BTC is either a security or if it's not a security the on-ramps and the off-ramps to be so tightly controlled that there's no way you can move it or 
you know, sell it or liquidate it without triggering X amount of taxes and regulatory actions that go along with that. You see, those are the two things. They want to redefine crypto so it doesn't fit the Howey test and yet call it a security. The SEC is playing a very dangerous game right now. They are wanting to have their cake and eat it too. This is a problem. And this FTX collapse has played beautifully into their, 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 their appetite in order to control the entire crypto industry and call it a security or regulate it even more, making it much more difficult for the average American to access it. This is a big, big thing. Why? Because there's trillions of dollars at, in, in creatable financial derivatives and financial products that are, that, are, that, that are at risk if they don't. They need this for their next big boom. And so when they do this, the rest of us who are in the, in, in the cryptoverse, this, that, and the other, those of us who are left will go back and be like, you know what? They can have all that. There, there's, they, they can have a massive crypto supply. This, that, and the other. We're going to continue to do our own thing. And there's going to be some hero coins that are going to be formed out of this. Because, again, it's going to, you know, crypto is going to go back to the rebels. It's going to go back to the cypherpunks. It's going to go back to the, uh, I want to say fringe, because it's not fringe anymore. The cat's out of the bag. But it's going to be those who have a, a, a very contrarian view, a skeptical view on society and the world at large. So this is, this is what's happening, you know, on an institutional side of things. And that's what they're getting ready for, man. So I'm going to name three coins, right? And I'll give my mm-hmm. opinion, but I want to hear you guys' opinion on whether or not they will be forced into the uh, the security sort of box, whether it's official or not, or whether it's, you know, how test or some other whiz-bang machination that they do. I'm going to say Bitcoin, mm-hmm. Ethereum, and Ripple. Mm-hmm. And my guess mm-hmm. is Bitcoin will remain not a security. Ethereum possibly could go either way um xrp it's it's that's the big fight right now and i think Huge they want to make it a security um, yo yeah that's they're why the bit. they're they're but here's the thing the i mean they've had judges tell them to make a ruling or not you know like they, they the the sec is actually going way outside of their mandate and way outside of their domain of control in in holding this whole thing up like they've been playing really dirty on this one which tells me that xrp is important to the future but do you think it's going to make it through this because i mean what they're talking about doing seems like it's going to take a while so out of those three coins what are your guys's thoughts on whether or not it'll be shoved into that box whether uh, whether xrp will be uh bitcoin rip bitcoin xrp ethereum i think they're gonna fail on trying to securitize BTC, but they're going to tighten the on ramps and off ramps. But I think they'll be, they will be, they will be able successfully to quarter off much of the Ethereum market because there's so many tokens and stable coins that are built off of ERC twenty, and you know they're going to quarter off a great deal of that market. So I, I don't know exactly. Um, I say a good chunk of of Ethereum's functionality is going to be hampered because of, of what the SEC is about to do, okay, in terms of how they're going to move to regulate that specifically. In terms of, and then in terms of XRP, 
XRP is really interesting. I'm, 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 you know, I can't comment as of yet because there's still, you know, there's still going on a lot going on with that case. Uh, I, I mean, my God, I mean, they're, they are, they are wanting the SEC to say the quiet thing out loud. That's what XRP is doing right now. They want the SEC to say the quiet things out loud. And so people will be like, wait a minute, whoa, you're really going in over your head. Because the guys at XRP, they know what the hell SEC is up to. They know that. It's exactly what I said. SEC really wants to grow. They want to they be the dominant governing authority in the crypto market because they see it as a security. They see it no different than a stock, than this. And, they, and, and their lawyers have been actively at that. And this is why they've won pretty much every single case against so many coins. Against so many coin holders, uh, vendors, uh, those who are able to you know promote these coins and exchanges and and OTC trading desks, uh, they've won every single case in terms of going after these entities and and you know who are you know pushing these specific coins and saying hey these guys are selling securities. They've won every and they're just getting bolder. So now XRP is a big dude. That's the Maginot line. That's the Maginot line. What happens in that case is going to be super important. It's it has huge ramifications for the entire crypto industry. Let's make it the Magic Yes line. Yeah, Magic Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, one other consideration that I think we all need to think about is that the fact when you look at the uh, population, when you look at global population, and you consider how many people are actually invested in the crypto market across the entire space right you're talking about a very minimal percentage of people that are doing that most of it's institutional money most of it's it's so what i'm getting at is that it's very much very it's very volatile to getting involved with it as an individual and you, you have to be very careful so open up your spectrum of what you're thinking is so if you have a an industry and you have across a global population of probably 8%, no more than 8% of people that are putting money into this program, how sustainable is that and how volatile is that in terms of people pulling out? It's something that most people don't think about, but you need to. You need to understand that, that these people who operate on margins, who operate on that, they operate that way. And do you want to be caught up in their game? That that's my thoughts, and and so give some people some food for thought to think about. And if these numbers don't lie, happen. I'm a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy. Numbers do not lie. So when you're dealing with a massive population across the globe, and you're dealing with a, a, an instrument across the board of, of cryptos, and you're talking no more than eight percent, eight to ten percent across the globe, how volatile is that in terms of people pulling money in and out? And where do you want to be with that? Do you want to be caught up in their game? Do you want to be caught up with that? It's just something for people to think about. That's a so I can add some dimension to that question and the answer to it. Um, which cryptocurrency you hold will make a difference as to the volatility and the effect. Bingo. So assets that are thinly traded with low supply or just thinly traded. So meaning that it doesn't matter what the supply is. It doesn't matter how many coins are out there if a very small percentage of them are ever traded, um, then that tends to mean that there's a liquidity problem. And when there's a liquidity problem, everybody is either 
trying to get into or out of the door at the same time. And that's when you end up with a lot of volatility. Um, you know, something like Ripple, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Yeah, compared to, you know, compared to massive bond markets and stuff, you, you know, there's going to be a lot of volatility. But compared to these smaller coins that are far more risky and oftentimes trash, then there's going to be less volatility. So it is a relative thing. Um, you know, I do... I, well, relative and those percentage. Coins, it, say again? It, much, much more than relative. It's a percentage, right? It's a numbers. It's a numbers thing. Like if you're talking about a limited number of crowd that have people in that, there's greater risk associated with it. Well, the, the, and that is going to be relative to the supply of, you know, to the size of the asset. Um, so if you have an asset with a $10,000 market cap and you have, you know, I don't know, 10 people involved that own half of it, then that's a problem. But if you have something that has a $10 billion market cap and you have a thousand people who own, you know, a thousand, then it's not that big of a deal. So, I mean, it, but from a macro standpoint, you're always going to see a lot more volatility with something like any of the cryptos um, relative to like, say the bond market. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've seen an awful lot of volatility in stocks lately, so it's not like stocks are immune. Uh, we just watched Tesla go, you know, I think, is it below 100 now? Is it a pro? Mm -hmm. I, I think Tesla could go down. Yeah, and again, this is not, and this is not investment advice. You know, yeah. this is all just educational entertainment, but I think Tesla can go as low as 35 or 40 bucks by the time it's done melting. Yeah. But they have you a know, physical so good, it, though. You're talking that Tesla has a physical product that they're producing. Most cryptos don't have a physical thing that they're producing, so it's not. No, I don't know if there's right. a direct correlation with that, right? Well, okay, so I'm, I'm not beating you up, Cabo. I'm just saying. No, 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 a, no, no and I agree with you. Between cryptos, who who are are for the most part an idea versus a, a a stock product, and I'm not saying that Tesla is overvalued or undervalued. I'm just saying that they actually produce a physical good where most cryptos and tokens don't there's no physical good at the end of the day that you hold that you preserve well even the here's the here's the thing about that and, and you're <clears throat> correct absolutely but it also is going to matter how much of a given um investment a given asset is rehypothecated so you know even though uh tesla is a good example even though they produce a physical good a lot of their money simply comes from carbon credits a lot of their money you know their stock is probably rehypothecated i don't know how many times if there really is a problem and everybody runs for the door, kind of like they are right now, you might see a far bigger bit of volatility because of the way something like that is financialized. Bitcoin's not. Not if you're buying the actual Bitcoin. If you're buying some ETF or something. So, you know, it's again, these the, the nuances that are involved in the answer to your question, well, your statement is correct. But again, around the way that that product, even though they make cars, that particular company's investment product is so heavily financialized that the volatility actually can be dialed up as opposed to just going into spot Bitcoin, which, you, you know, you don't, you're not, you're just buying Bitcoin. You're not buying a stock for Bitcoin. You're not buying anything that's been rehypothecated. You're actually holding the Bitcoin itself. So there, again, those kind of questions are relying on nuance and, and uh, relativity. One of the things we got to make, we, we got to put everything in perspective. You know, we can look at like little minutia things and and whatnot. Why is Wall Street after the entire crypto market? I'd say Very, because that's the last place they can go to make money go. with their next narrative game. I'm gonna let you guys in on a little dirty secret. The crypto market currently, with the, with its current downturn, is still valued at about close to 890 billion, about 880 to 890 billion with a B. 
pennies, right? Pennies. Okay. Now you might say to yourself, "That's a that's a tiny part of global equities." Yeah, what well, gold's you, uh, gold's like a ten trillion dollar market. Eleven trillion on gold. Okay. When you factor in the product, especially the derivative products, when you factor in the ETFs, when you factor in all the leveraged instruments that go into creating a new product or a new industry for Wall Street, Wall Street's looking at a built-in industry of 880 to 890 billion. And granted, let's just say like a, a, a 90% or a, or a good chunk, I wouldn't say 90%, I'd say a good chunk of these coins go away. Do you realize they're looking at anywhere between 60 to $120 trillion derivative market based on crypto? So massive. 60 to $120 trillion with a T. I'll trade it. I don't care. I'm going to make money on it. I'm good. Exactly. Folks, this is why I said this is an institutional game. This is not about you buying crypto anymore. This is an institute. There are giants in the playground, as Vellas would like to say, right? This is an institutional game. They're involved because the potentiality of the market for them, and they don't care who you are, what you think, is between 60 and 120 trillion. And you know what I say? Where do I sign? Yeah, game on. Game on. Well, what do I say? Yeah, what I've been shame. saying for years. It's the largest wealth transfer in human history is about to get, take place. Do you want to get paid? That's all I got to say. Go ahead, Cowboy. Yeah, and now you happen to have the underlying asset to that game. You also could Bingo. benefit from that, too. I don't know. You know, it's the future is Bingo. uncertain. Future is uncertain. Right. So it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bubble. Oh, but the bubble's your friend. The bubble's the only hope you have. It's going to pop, but before it does, make your money. Make your money. Be pragmatic. This is not a – that's why over here at Rogue, we're not ideologues, man. No, a pragmatic. pragmatic. I got no love for coins. Somebody asked earlier uh, – forgive me for not remembering who it was. JM, uh, JMK, I think it was, yeah. was asking about my – you know, our opinion on Veritasium. And I'm like, that's people holding on to the past, man. Yep. That's like a, to me, that's a 2017 meme. I mean, I'm not saying that Veritasium is not going to do anything in the future, but it, it kind of reminds me of like, it's people getting stuck in a loop. And when you get stuck in a loop, you're not, uh, you're not engaging reality. You're surfing right. waves that don't exist. You're out there paddling around. The real waves just pass you by. You don't even see them because you're looking for this one wave. So sorry to, to bring it to surfing, but that's that's how I think of markets. Yeah. So you know, we I'm not here to to surf a wave that doesn't exist. I'm not here to wait for a fantasy wave that that is this this one wave that I like. It's like man, a wave comes if I can ride it, I'm taking it. That's it. That's it. You surf the waves that exist. Play the you game just, that's there to be played. You take the you, you play the game. You take the surf. You take the bubble, and you put it into real assets: gold, silver, land. Think think real things, man. Real things. Did you see what? To, Sultan Pulsar said about gold. Oh yeah, there are thirty six hundred. I thought was it? Did he say thirty six hundred? Well, I mean, he. I don't know about. I mean, he's got a chart here that kind of has gold going up into that realm. Yeah, but yeah. Um, here it, it I have really a price cool. that like thirty between thirty three and thirty six myself. And I, that, that I did that, a. Ch- 
and if and if Putin hits the F the petrodollar button, then we're looking at possibly forty six hundred to fifty two hundred dollars an ounce. I mean, I'm not. We're kind of running out of time, but this this yeah. article, I, I did just do a screen share if we got time for it. Um, oh, he sure. does a really good job at showing how basically is. at the peak of every market. Without going through the whole article, I'll just see if I can. Um, there we go. So basically there has been a market disturbance, right? So foreign exchange rates are essentially what caused a rise in gold, which actually caused a rise in the market uh, prior you know, to the Great Depression and past it. So what they happened was gold was trading at about what uh, $28 an ounce before, and then the rest of the world devalued their currencies to kind of catch up to their economic problems. So the US devalued their own to catch up to that and put it up to about 35 an ounce. So that's when gold peaked out. And then the next time had to do with um, the next market run up and the, and the next time gold kind of peaked had to do with the oil shocks. And essentially when we went off the gold standard and uh, you know, that had to do with us printing too much money. Right. And when we printed so much money, very, very, very long story short, we had to revalue everything. And the only way to revalue dollars to gold was to get off gold standard. So it was kind of forced into happening. And that's an extremely simplistic explanation due to lack of time. We can get, I've explained it before we can do it another show. Um, the next one was the dot-com boom. And they're saying that's because LTC, long-term capital management collapsed. And so the government had to step in to actually, uh, you know, basically bail them out or bail out the, uh, the investors. And because they, they actually chopped the interest rates all the way down to like 1% in order to facilitate said bailout, that actually caused an economic boom. And everybody thought it had to do with the dot-coms. Dot-coms were just the vaporware of the day. Um, and so money, cheap money went into stocks. You had the $2,000 tech boom. And then, of course, interestingly enough, 9-11 happened. Uh, $10 trillion disappeared, maybe 20. And uh, we had the, the subsequent drop. And of course, uh, you know, we had another rally up to 2008. And then the, this current run-up in the markets is due to interest rates. So that's the next reason why the markets have run up. Now, each of these run-ups, based on those explanations, is followed by gold heading up because basically the market falls apart. The system that was holding that market together is no longer valid because it's all vaporware in the first place. It's just vaporware that's backed by the military. And when that ends up becoming obsolete or defunct or whatever the term is, gold runs up. And you can see on this chart, it's a log chart. So it's kind of hard to define, but two, three, four, five. So he has it somewhere between five and 6,000 um, running up, right? So it's, you know, of course, he, this says 2020, but again, this, you know, this yeah. is kind of halfway through the decade. So this could be as easily as, I don't know, 2028. So if we see another run up, I think that we're going to see it. And I, and I don't know if it's uh, coincidental. Wait. Go ahead. No, no. And, and, you know, take this at face value, but we could be entering a, uh, a decade or a few years of, of preserves preserve uh, versus versus gains uh, preserving just what you on. have. Well, no, no, I'm just saying that like, unless you're, you're making gains of whatever the inflationary rate that has been the past few years. And as we enter hyperinflation here in the United States, is it, is it about preserving your wealth or gaining? And, and every one of us is going to have to take calculated risk on what that's going to look like. You're referring um, to like uh, to real, real gains, real dollar, real, real dollar yeah. terms, real, real what you have. And so if you're not making gains in what you're holding of 8.5 percent, 
hedging against inflation, you know, electric, food, everything that you're doing. So we, we I I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me and, and relates to the middle class, but I think we're entering a mode of, of preservation right now and hedging against these things. So if you want to take gains and take calculated risk, you know, go for it. That's 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 your call. Yeah, and this this prediction wasn't Zoltan Pulsars himself. Um, it actually is this Gainesville Coins chart. But what he's charting out is the reasons for you know the market run up, and then whenever caused that market to run up is no longer valid, no not no longer economically valid. It falls apart, it melts. Then gold goes ahead and makes an increase. So that's the the lesson here. And I'm not again n- none of what we say is investment advice, but gold's looking pretty tasty sitting there around two thousand or below. That's just my opinion. Uh, I like it. I'm a big I'm a big believer in gold, man. I love the I love the yellow metal. Love it. Yeah, I got my old uh, you know, I've got my backyard with my old shed in it and then uh, I got the gold all up in there, you know, keep it there, nobody knows about it. <laughs> I just told everybody in the world about it, but That's just it. kidding, I don't even have a shed. I'm making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Folks, we're at the end of the show. It's Cowboy, time for lunch. always fun, man. It's time for lunch. Yeah, it was a blast. I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, v, I guess we'll you and I'll chat a little bit later then, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll ring you around three o'clock. My perfect. Time. Yep, sounds good. All right, gentlemen, have a wonderful day, folks. Thank you all for listening in. He is the Algo Cowboy. CJ is the producer, and I'm just a hairy monkey with low T. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. <laughs> <laughs>